usually I like to sit at the bar, but it was too fucking busy. And now we're over here at this table. We have to look at each other. Loud as hell. Yeah, now we got to look at each other's face. We're like eye to eye. Our stupid faces. You have the same fucking haircut that I do. <laughs> I do. Whoops-a-doo. Although yours is, uh, you have the balding, the balding patterns. I'm not as balding as much no, as you are. No, you have this flat. They're not bangs. Yeah. Let's not call them bangs. But you have no. this flat hairline. Yeah. And mine. It's, yeah, wavy. Kind of like our personal lives. I don't know what that even means. Yeah. So, um, have you ever watched the motion picture Moana? Uh, No, I have not. Not yet, I guess. Okay, so for our listeners, I'm just going to drop this. I think Moana, though a lovely film for children, is a big fucking mess when it comes to environmentalism and uh, like post-colonialism. Because the whole idea, and you haven't seen this, so I'll explain it to folks at home too. Yeah. Um, it, the whole idea is this uh, girl, of course, this young girl is on an island uh, in the South Pacific, and she always wants to hit the sea and get out of there and see oh. the world and stuff like that. But her father says it's too dangerous. And then he sings a lovely tune where he's like, look, we have everything we need here. We've got enough coconuts and trees and shit like that where the earth provides for us we don't need what's beyond those horizons and then she says fuck that i need to go fulfill my own personal shit and then she does that and then comes back and everyone's like you know what you were right we should just fucking go out there there's more i'm i'm glossing over a few details um but my thought is like, what, you have this perfectly lovely island, the most beautiful island you've ever seen, perfectly self-sufficient, and it's exactly human for us to run out there and be like, well, fuck exactly what I need. I need more. Yeah. I need to find new islands. I need to exploit labor other places. I need different kinds of sweetener in my coffee. Blah, blah. What a horrible message to cram in for these kids. Yeah, sounds like I, this weekend when uh, Anna and Ragnar are talking, I need to get high and watch Moana. Get that kid high. <laughs> what do you think is? No, the I'm not g- gonna get him. I'm, I'm oh, gonna get high and watch oh. it. What do you think is the kid's version of getting high? Like you know, we're talking like infant. Like you're not gonna give your kid like drugs. But what taking wh- a shit? And then he's they never just feel he's this, never more content. And they just feel this then, euphoria. Yeah, for my kid, like yeah, taking a shit or uh, or farting, like uh, getting getting get gas uh, out. Like he's never he's I, never more content than when he's taking a shit or uh, or farted. I love the and that's how I when I get high. That's how I feel. I just content. See that? Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of Ragnar just, like, shitting in his diaper and being like, what if the only reason we die is because we've been taught that from generations of breeding? We could do better than this, man. We can live forever. Yeah, well, he's not, probably going to do that, but I might be high enough where I might envision him saying that. So. You think he's saying that? <laughs> Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. So I've been dieting and exercising lately. You probably noticed. I did, yes. You look <clears throat> very good. 
The other thing that I started doing is um, drinking water. Have you heard of this shit? Yeah, no, I. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, so I started. I got a cup of it right there. I haven't drank yeah. any of it. I bet you had more of it than you had so far, so probably. But I've been drinking a shitload of water, and I, I figured first of all that I would feel better, and I do. I feel like I got a massage because normally I just drink like poison, you know. Yep. Um, but what I didn't anticipate is that my complexion would get so much better. Like my skin is like clearer and smoother, and it's like the right consistency. I don't know what that means, but uh, it looks healthier. It's only been a few days. I th- I didn't know that drinking so much uh, like dark brown caffeinated <clears throat> carbonated poison would cause that yeah. effect on my skin it's but weird apparently. like you know there's actual effects to what we put into our fucking bodies it's right very, yeah <clears throat> I, I think somewhere in my mind i knew that but seeing the before and after is kind of <laughs> a shock here you're looking good yourself thank you i'm yeah. drinking less uh uh beer water which is hams and right. more water myself and that's good you know, you have to smoke a little more weed, you and have, you know that helps too. Yeah, when, so. when you've got the kid and you're sleep deprived, you have to take what little initiatives you can in the just corners to, of your day. <clears throat> yeah, just, just to make to sure. Maintain. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Although it, it, to be you fair, look, you look good for it. We uh, we've been going to the gym. Um, well, Anna's been going to the gym more, um, but I've been trying to get there a little bit myself. Um, I actually been out on my bike, uh, pumped up my tires, been out on the whip a few times, which is great, and uh, yeah, researching how I'm going to be able to get my kid around on the bike because you know. I, we have the car, but I really hate driving the car if I can avoid it. You know it, they so. have the pole behind things, right? Yeah, so I think where I'm going to get, but I, I need to get... The problem is is my the bike I have has only got front brakes, okay. and I'm a little less than... Uh, I don't want to... I don't... I want a bike uh, with, like, front and back brakes if I'm going to be right, pulling right. pulling a kid around. That so, makes sense. I would, um, say, I would yeah. say the other thing with the pole behind wagon thing, um, that's probably better for, like, our broader suburban environment than your, like, more dense urban. Like, your sidewalk's probably a little more narrow than ours. Well, I won't like be riding the like sidewalk, so. Shit, yeah, so. I'm not riding on the sidewalk, Right, so. but, but your streets also fucking suck. <laughs> that's a million cars. And also stuff. true, yeah. Um, People try to murder us on, on their, in their cars every day, which is great, so... <laughs> Uh, that's, this is the public area. policy uh, p- podcast. Yeah, we're not even transportation about planning. Soccer, yeah. um, why don't we talk about yeah. soccer? Before we do that, Let's why don't you make do a that. desperate plea? Uh, as I mentioned to you before the podcast, I'm going to lose my job probably, right? <laughs> um, you're in the same boat, so why don't you beg for money here? <clears throat> well, if you like the content you hear each week, um, if you think you learn a little bit more about beloved Minnesota United, about soccer in general, um, we, uh, as I said, we're you know probably both going to lose our job soon once we take down Wells Fargo. Uh, uh, nameless... <clears throat> Large International Bank is the one that you... <laughs> Sorry, wondered. Nameless Large International Bank, uh, WF. <laughs> As in, what the fuck what are the you fuck? doing in my yeah. job right now? <laughs> uh, even $1 a month helps. Um, we just uh, recorded our last uh, uh, Watch Party podcast, which was The Damned United. That should be coming out relatively soon here in the next week or couple weeks. It's um, definitely, it's a very good one. Uh, we're uh, watching Holy Goalie coming up here and probably recording that one in a couple weeks. So if you like that content, if you want to, you know... See more content from us. Um, go to patreon.com backslash the Davis I know to help support the Davis that you know. Every, you know, as a pledge drive, every dollar helps, but we really do prefer it in the uh, increments of 69 cents or 420. So 269, 569, 69, 69. They get the idea. I think we did say if, if someone gave us 69.69. A month for twelve months, we would actually quit. We would we would fold up shop was on the twelve. Podcast? I thought it was like one month. I oh no, I'd uh, just be like, no, that's good. No, I think well, if if you do it for twelve consecutive months and you want us to shut down the damn thing, we'll shut down the damn thing. But oh, Patreon.com backslash the days I know that would be a really fantastic um, auction item next year. <laughs> is us canceling the podcast? 
if 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 the bid reaches a certain amount, we'll stop. We gotta have a threshold. We got it, it's gotta. We gotta have a. Let's we right. let's talk about that. If I we can raise a thousand dollars for charity. We will stop doing this. <laughs> That's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some soccer. Um, as you are well aware, there was uh, not a ton of MLS games. There was definitely not a Minnesota United MLS game last week. So we thought we would spend a, just a few minutes um, instead of you know litigating the, the previous game, just talking about what the hell has happened. So far, in MLS. And MLS. Yeah. Um, so we got a few things we're going to talk about. Biggest surprise, least surprise, least surprising thing. Um, maybe a good team that's going to be that's going to start sucking. A bad team that's going to maybe make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So where do you want to start? Well, let's go ahead and start with the uh, the biggest surprise of the season. I'll give mine. Okay. Um, and that's uh, looking at the top of the East. Um, it's DC United and it's FC Cincinnati. Now, FC Cincinnati, absolutely, absolutely, obviously not expected to be there yeah and they've done it with some a few pretty goddamn impressive wins yeah. especially after getting absolutely ass rammed in that opening that first game yeah it was not good no it was not uh, but that was against seattle and then they put up good uh good games against not so good teams but yeah. you take the points you can get yeah um, they have four points in three road games including that ass thrashing by seattle like, it's huge that's they're, impressive they're, they're sitting on seven right now on top of the uh top of the east the other team on the top of the east uh, there, there's three but one is less of a surprise columbus crew they've mostly got their shit together for a while dc united i'm surprised not only the dc is has played at the level that they have which has been a high level i'm also surprised that their defense has come in the that was what we were saying in the in the yeah the preseason. we're worried about their they've defense got lucho acosta as long as wayne rooney is healthy he's gonna do what he does but what about the other end of the field those dudes aren't contributing there that's for damn sure we know they got steve birnbaum that's fine and their defense has been the star so far which is completely bizarre uh and dc united is probably a top four team in the league so that yeah those are my surprises what do you got well, I'm going to – let's stick with the East. Um, probably going to do one for the West, too. But for the East, uh, the fact that Atlanta United has started off so terribly, not just in the league, but in, like, they Everything. pretty much bombed out of the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Um, you, you, you go on Twitter, and you just see their fans just losing their shit, um, calling for Frank DeBoer's head. It's, it's, a, it's a glorious thing. It's also the biggest surprising thing. Like, I was not expecting, you know – CFC Cincinnati is the story, um, but sort of the, the, the inverse of that story. And FC Cincinnati held Atlanta to a draw at home for Atlanta's home opener in MLS. Um, sort of the the counterpoint to that is how just how shitty Atlanta United has has looked so far. And it's definitely not expected. They're tenth in uh, the Eastern Conference right now. Um, they were on the lips of like, is this going to be one of the best teams one of the greatest that there's been in MLS, MLS team's history? Yeah. And last year they could make a case for that. It's just amazing um, how that you know the team hasn't really gelled around Pity Martinez. Um, and Frank DeBoer, and Frank DeBoer came in there, and he he, he very definitively made changes, and uh, yeah, and so that's I mean that has been sort of the crazy the crazy biggest surprise for me. What do you? Uh, this is totally I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. What impact? It's probably some of both, but what impacts Atlanta's lack of success more? Miguel Almiron being gone, or Frank DeBoer's tactical switches and what he's done? <clears throat> I think it's. <clears throat> I think certainly it's Almiron. Some of both, but yeah, I'm no, make cer- you pick certainly. One. Yeah, I would say Almiron. Almiron, right. just I mean, you see what he's doing in the, the if you watch Newcastle in the, in the EPL, what he's doing in the EPL, it's, it's mind boggling and just up, yeah. yeah. And everybody's you know talked about Almiron and Joseph Martinez and you know who is who is more important to the team. Clearly, clearly we're figuring out it's, it was Miguel Almiron and you know Tata. So, um, but yeah, what do you is, you have same thing or do you? Gear towards for biggest surprise. I yeah. give you my biggest surprise. I can tell, oh, no. talk about my. But least I was talking about. I was talking about Atlanta. Oh, you give me the, the same question. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Uh, I can't think thoughts. 
why don't I just play the heel and I'll say I'll say Frank DeBoer. Uh, Frank DeBoer has done or, or, the, or the absence of Tata. I mean, you could say the other thing would be it's not necessarily Frank DeBoer as as, it, yeah. as like the as the fact that they just really like playing for Tata. I mean, I think but, that is that's a huge part of it. I um, think that comes into but, play. Let, let me no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Frank DeBoer specifically. Um, not not that not to take anything away from what Tata Martino did with the team, but um, Frank DeBoer came in and I think he's applied tactically something that is uh, less of a fit to the team and the talent that he has. Um, I think that the pace of play is too slow. I think it's. Um, uh, I think they need to pick that up. I think they need to play in the front foot a little bit more. Um, I, I I don't know. Where's the beautiful game? Dude's fucking Dutch. Where's the True. beautiful game? <clears throat> yeah, he was, but he's clearly he's not known for playing that way. That's which no, is yeah. No. <laughs> that, that's, that's one of the weird things about it. He's a big enough name coach. That's fine. But he's going to be inheriting a squad more or less entirely. He doesn't get to shape it in the way that he wants. Yeah. Why take a team that was crafted in this image and then throw in this guy who is obviously not going to coach to those yeah. abilities? And that's why I say this has more to do with Frank DeBoer than with Tata Martino that's being fair. gone. You could find other dudes yeah. that could replicate Tata Martino much better than Frank DeBoer yeah. has done. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that goes back to the other big thing, too, is like <clears> – <throat> um, and we talked about it when we did the preview podcast about how Frank DeBoer – uh, he's crashed out of his last two jobs in in glorious, glorious, very quick fashion. He actually has damned a, United-esque fashion. He, of, he uh, hasn't won a league game in any job since 2016. Am I, am I wrong yeah, about that? I, I don't think, think so. Because yeah, I don't think he won anything at Inter. He definitely no. didn't win anything at Crystal Palace, and yeah. was fired in you know Brian Clough uh, fashion. Yeah. Uh, for he hasn't both won a game since, he like hasn't won anything since Ajax. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like, and, and by the, won anything a game. <laughs> We're not talking about hardware. I think he's won games. I don't think he's won a league game because I think he's. I think he won a game in like the uh, in a FA Cup right. for Crystal Palace. Well, Anyways, oh, that's, yeah, that's a low bar that you yeah, just yeah, yeah. Or, uh, him. Like the I think it was the uh, Carling the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, or whatever the fuck it is. So even I'm even lower. Making a jerk off motion. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you have any? So we talked a little bit about the Eastern Conference. Do you have a, a biggest surprise in the Western Conference? I know we we didn't really plan this, and we didn't really, uh, yeah, really pick one or the other. Spot let me here. let me let me jump in with it. Then yeah, I'll give yeah, you a second to think here. I w- you know obviously I would say Minnesota United so I was in the conversation um, yeah. as you know taking so far six points uh, in three road games is pretty amazing, um, and uh, but I guess if you're if not Minnesota United division um, biggest surprise for me is uh, and I guess it's not really a surprise, but I'm trying to make sign language oh, to okay. Zeller right now <laughs> so he can see what the right answer is. <laughs> Come on, bud. Portland Timbers? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, no, I was literally going there. Like, you just <laughs> it's, re- it's really fun to listen to people play charades. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say it's not a surprise. It's, they're, they're starting with, like, 12 games on the road. Like, I think if you weren't expecting them to be playing – to not winning games, um, if you expect them to win to win games on the road like this, I think you would be sadly mistaken. Now, the, the issue with Portland is that they're, just, they're getting – thrashed on on the yeah, road it's, it's and, then, just, and it's not good it's it's a it's bad um they've allowed 10 goals that's the most in uh in mls i believe um you know right now that's more than san jose's allowed in like which is fucking bonkers i, I have confirmed so. yes that is the most dc united by the way has yet to allow a goal wow fucking yeah. a man Anyways, do you have a, another so, uh, other than Portland or well, yeah, I was giving you, you my sign language? Yeah. Portland Timbers has to be considered not only the amount that they've lost, but they're not exactly losing to juggernauts either. No. One point in three games. Um, talk about a road game. Sure, they were not going to dominate on the road. Fair, but 
this is steep. You gotta you gotta take some points on the road. Yeah, I mean, there, DC they, like, this DC is United MLS was, was Cup finalist. Yeah, DC United did basically the same thing last year. Um, they were they were not in the playoffs. They were towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference last year, and you know they won all their you know pretty much won almost the rest of their home games. It snuck into the playoffs. Um, United, and it, it, not even was, stuck in, but like got in like as a fourth seed. The problem with, with uh, Portland is that it looks like the West is actually decent this year. You know, if, if Minnesota is going to no. play, continue to play the way that they are, um, Galaxy is going to play the, the way they're playing. Um, I mean, we have Sporting Kansas City in seventh place right now in the Western Conference. Yeah. Uh, and most most ranks have them in top five. Yeah. So it's it's a Western Conference is going to be a tougher road to hoe, I think, than it was last year. So, um, Which is good. Yeah. No, it's I'm, great. I'm it's fantastic. I suppose so. the, the flip side of the surprise. Then, I mean, it's Gio Savarese. He's going to figure it out, but, you know. I, I, I have faith in Savarese still. The other big surprise, I think, in the West has been Seattle Sounders. Not because they're good. I think we knew that they could be good. They're yeah. good perennially. But they've, for like three, four seasons now, have gotten off to a abysmally piss-poor start. Yeah. And uh, they've come out swinging. So yeah. does that mean that they run out of gas later in the season? doesn't mean that they're juggernauts this year. I have no yeah. idea. It's too no, small it's a sample size. But surprised to see them come out of the gate swinging. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the, other, the other sort of option I had I was thinking about non-Minnesota division was Jordan Morris. Um, he's come back. I mean, kind he's of doing got expect, Peterson type. Yeah, shit he, after he's a knee come injury. back after a really particularly bad knee injury, yeah. and he's come out of the game. The gates firing. So um, he's looked good, um, for, especially for Seattle. He's looked decent with the U.S. Men's National Team, um, but he's really looked really good with Seattle. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anyways, what's the least surprising thing to you? Uh, I mean, play it exactly the way it should. San Jose and Vancouver being. I mean, San Jose specifically being absolute trash. Um, I mean, I think. We both talked about how bad they were going to be this year during the preview I, podcast. I feel really good about this. There were three teams that we both co-identified as obvious wooden spoon contenders. They were Vancouver Whitecaps, San Jose Earthquakes, and New England Revolution. Those are <laughs> Fucking the, bangers. Those are the last place teams in their respective conferences. Yeah, so I, I no points for any of them. very good about yeah. our prognostication abilities. Yeah, we're really good at picking losers. So <laughs> Way better at that than picking winners. Yeah, so uh, a, when we do our picks each week, that's the way we should frame it. It's more like who's going to lose and we fucking nail it we yeah every, every time every time yeah san jose i mean there's a uh, lots of hype around uh uh mateus almeida uh when he came into the team that he was going to change the entire thing and i kind of bought into that i was like this is a guy who plays a really dynamic system um if he can bring in the players uh who can play that system they might they might be a fringe playoff contender that when they signed him you know back in december or whatever um after that happened they literally signed no players um, he's trying to make them play a system that they clearly are not intended to play, or not able to play and not right. intended to play. Right. Um, and the results have been basically the what exactly you expect, what you expect. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just an absolutely garbage, garbage team. Uh, do you have anything besides San Jose? I mean, that's kind of like the I, I suppose, in I suppose New England. The, the only, yeah, the only uh, in, in the, the white caps, which they were, a, they, they were the opposite of San Jose in that they were doing a massive rebuild rather than starting with shit and yeah. changing no pieces. People have been talking about yeah, People have been talking about Vancouver as a potential dark horse uh, playoff, like fringe playoff candidate. But I, I yeah. don't see it. But I see yeah. them. I see them building toward a future, and I do not see San Jose doing that. Yeah. So uh, if you want to say which is better position two years from now, I say it's got to be Vancouver. Sure. End of the se- season, I th- still think they're fucking both battling yeah. for the wooden spoon. Um, what's a good team now that's going to start sucking? Who's going to come back down to earth? Um, you know, I mean, I guess the, you know, the contenders for this are, uh, you know, DC United possibly. Um, I don't, I can't imagine that they're not going to go the, well, they're not, they're definitely not going to go the entire without allowing a goal. You think that's going to come back to, um, you know, come back to 
the pack a little bit. Um, Columbus has looked also like simultaneously like great and terrible. Um, I don't know if you like watched that Columbus game. Team, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you watched that game, but they're tied for first uh, first place in the Western in the Eastern yeah. Conference right now. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see them come back to the pack and, and be more of a six or seven seed. Um, you know, in the Western Conference, uh, you know, I guess Minnesota. <laughs> you know, they look good, but again, they've played one decent, semi decent team basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Houston Dynamo actually have looked uh, fairly good too. Um, they're also on seven points. Um, uh, third in the Western Conference, uh, but again, they're that's a the, those Texas summers are hot, yeah. and they play uh, yeah, and they play it's it's really fucking hot down there. Maybe so. they'll get a little Dallas yeah. swoon later in the summer. Yeah, um, I I think the the team that started out hot that's got to come back is FC Cincinnati. Um, mm. They've had a dream opening, but do we really think they're going to be fighting for the top of the East Great by point. the end yeah. of the season? Obviously, Great I point. think they're going to come back. I still see Toronto FC, who's actually fourth in the East right now, right uh, in the thick of the playoff spots. They haven't lost a game yet. They played two games, won them both. That's not sustained. They're not that good. No. Um, especially uh, since they haven't, uh, they have a new DP coming in. Yeah. Um, Did Pozuelo, they? <laughs> which which is great for them, but he's not going to be Javinko yeah. in my opinion. Did they only schedule two games because they thought they were going to go further in the Concacaf Champions League? <laughs> in the first I, don't know, I don't know how I don't know how these things work, but that would be an embarrassment. Um, I suppose. Uh, it, 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 it's got to be the reason why, right? It's got to be the fucking reason. <laughs> How embarrassing would yeah. that be? Um, if, if I had to pick a, a team in the West, I'd have to say Seattle. Um, I, I think Seattle is good. I don't think they're quite as hot as um, as they've been. Uh, I think they've played three. They've got nine points. Yep. I mean, obviously, they're not going to wind up winning every single game they play this year. So, naturally, they're going to come back. But I see them more as a 5-6-7 team than like a 1-2-3-4 team. Sure. Who's, who has started out? <clears throat> unsustainably poor and is going to get back into it once they get a few games into their legs. Well, the the, the easy answer here is uh, Sporting Kansas City. Um, they've looked they've looked rough uh, in MLS play. Um, they, I mean, one of the caveats uh, is that they are they are the only MLS team in the Concacaf Champions League semifinals. So still doing the work. they've been doing. They've had they, a hugely congested schedule. Yeah, they played a lot of games. Um, you know, only three in MLS, but you know, they played another six games in uh, Concacaf Champions League. Um, so they're definitely uh, in the mix there for they're gonna Peter Vermees always gets his teams up uh, yeah. so he I fully expect them to be you know fighting for that uh, number one seed in the Western Conference um, over in the Eastern Conference uh, the Red Bulls have looked also really really bad um, especially last week uh, I don't know if you watched that game against Orlando City but they, Orlando City came in and beat them at home at in in New Jersey. So again, that's a surprise. you again, know an, another. Are they going to keep doing that yeah. poorly? No. Another yeah, not. another another CCL uh, CCL team. Um, they're obviously out of the competition now, but they had a, a also a pretty uh, you know congested fixture schedule. And the other one you got to look at. I mean, you know, sort of in the I guess the Atlanta also had CCL fixtures. So I guess those are the those are the three like a few main. Not but not I, if you're not, if you're looking at um, I guess a non uh, you know non CCL team um i guess i would say uh uh rsl is a, is a team i think that could be making some damage or making some noise uh towards the end of the year um they've had some not great uh, not great start to the season but playing in real tinto playing in utah playing at the elevation is a huge factor for them it's a huge bo- uh huge bonus for them i can fully see them you know reeling off a, a five or six game win streak to get right back into the you know the mix of like a four or five seed basically i won't fight you on that um 
you vaguely mentioned Atlanta United. Atlanta United yeah. is not going to be world beaters this year. I don't think there's any surprise. But say whatever you want about Frank DeBoer. They have the raw talent to win more games. They're not going to be. And they will. They're not going to be in tenth place at the end of the at right, the end of the that, day. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the New York Red Bulls certainly will come back. Seventh place is not sustainable or acceptable in Harrison, and um, they will make that known. Um, I, if I got to pick another team, I got to say again. Portland is has been unsustainably bad. They got a ton of road games. They're gonna come back. That's true. Yeah, I that's don't a good think point. there's any reason to think they're not gonna come back. Yeah, so. it's good. Right. This is good. Uh, yeah, we should do this more often. Should, just yeah, just check in on the pulse of MLS. Yeah, check in every five weeks or so and just sort of <laughs> you know see what's happening. Yeah, it's like an ultrasound. Yeah, just a few throughout the season. Yeah, you know, it's like a yeah your yeah your OBGYN checkup or whatever. Yeah, just speculum open the old vagina. <laughs> the, uh, the old vagina. MLS Jenna, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, we got a name for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so other United news. Um, so saw pictures actually. Minnesota officially practiced outside today for the first time. Um, in spite of it being relatively nice out, you know, it's still it was still forty fucking degrees here, and every, I mean everybody's in shorts, but it's still forty fucking degrees outside. But we actually had a nice day today. We're monsters. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Allianz Field officially opened. <laughs> it's not like they did tell everybody ev- everything. Uh, so I don't know. I went on Friday when the uh, brew hall opened um, in the merch store. Um, theoretically, the brew hall merch store are going to be open seven days a week but literally no one not even the fucking social media guy who's getting questions all the time knows what the hours are going to be which is you know very much for brown brand for this team you know no one yep. no, actually knowing what the answers what the hours and stuff are going to be um the uh i don't know if you, you didn't go to the meet your seat oh. event right um, on sunday or did you No, i did okay yeah neither did i so that happened but apparently there was uh apparently there was a lot of people there apparently there's a lot of people there apparently there's a lot of complaints about people from the people in the neighborhood um literally someone uh asked their representative on the one of the district council boards uh if they should call the police for for cars parked in front of their house <laughs> which is <laughs> are, are, aren't cars parked in front of their house allowed yeah that's and yeah so the, no the, 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 district, the district council member was like please don't do that that is it's like the, number one police can't do anything like they're what are they gonna do yeah. yeah, exactly. They can't do it. They literally can't do anything because you, you need God to be parked there for at least four hours. Tow them away. Anyway, so that's so. Just imagine, so, just guys, I'm just you know, listen to this podcast. If you're if you're thinking about driving, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show over there. Whether you're taking you're driving, taking the train, riding your bike, walking. Um, so, please, I live in the neighborhood. Um, please be considerate of the neighbors, and you know, don't yeah. be a dick. Don't puke in their lawn or piss in their hedges or whatever. Um, be respectful. Know that. They will probably, they will probably be an asshole to you because it's you're encroaching in their neighborhood. Just don't, don't be an don't asshole back. Reason. Yeah, and don't give no. them a reason to be an asshole. No. Um, most of those people are super nice and super friendly, and they just they're really freaked out for no for no good reason. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's justified it in any way, shape, or form, but make it um, easy for them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. If you see some fucking garbage, pick it up and throw it in, the, in a trash bin or whatever. So. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, Minnesota uh, United announced uh, last week, actually, uh, the Men in Blazers. I don't know if you're familiar with the Men in Blazers. Um, they're going to be at the Orway the night before the home opener. Uh, if you saw the tickets for prices for tickets and for the show, they're fucking bonkers. <laughs> so, um, so if you're into that I'm thing, no I think interest. they're. I'm not sure if they're still on sale. There was a, a, a season ticket or presale last week. Uh, there was actually a a subs- newsletter subscriber presale link. Today there might be tickets available still, so if you're interested in that thing, um, I did buy a ticket, but I bought a seat that's like 
probably off the block view. I was like the maximum I was willing to spend, which is about twenty five bucks. You're not even gonna bucks. be able to hear the Sopranos from there. Yeah, I know. Tenors will come through strong back there, but yeah, if you've heard the Men in Blazers, that's that's probably a good thing. I so. assume that the Men in Blazers is an opera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. It's cool. But it'll be at the Orway though, which is really awesome. And I don't know, if you haven't been to the Orway, oh, like yeah. it's. I mean, I know you have, but if you haven't been to the Orway, find a reason to go to the Orway. It's fucking great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to turn it over to you for... I have a couple more things I'm going to turn over to you quick for uh, your TIFO pitch. Not much to say. We uh, we need people to help us deploy on game day. So um, that's going to include both obviously showing up a little bit early uh, on the day of the game, the Allianz opener, to help deploy our TIFO. Lots of different jobs to do. Don't feel like you can't get involved if you don't have an expertise. We'll find work for you to do. There's all kinds of things to do. Um, it, signing up also means that you're signing up to show up to our rehearsal so you can get another look at Allianz a week before we actually do the thing. So our rehearsal is on April 7th, my wife's birthday. <laughs> Fought with the team on that one, but uh, I'll be fighting with somebody else about it now. Um, so uh, come come see Allianz a little bit early on April 7th. All you got to do to sign up is uh, we have a Sign Up Genius thing. You can uh, access that by visiting your Dark Clouds or your Wonderwalls or your T&Es or other respective yep. websites. They've got links all over the place. All the social media Visit them on the so. socials. They're all yep. sharing it. So it's easy to find. And actually, I didn't even want to make a pitch tonight because we've only got a few spots left. We're sure. not desperate, but you should be if you really wanted to be a part of this. Yeah, so that's, get in that's there. the point. That's great. Um, and okay. Uh, but yeah, I've heard really good things from people who are at the TIFO that's going to look fucking amazing and... So, yeah, so. make sure to check it out. Uh, a couple of last things. Uh, international break. Um, our guys really didn't really use shit during the international Hardly break. Hardly played. Yeah, yeah, some of them barely. Like, some of them didn't even play at all. Like, Romario Greg Ush- played against the United yeah, States. Yeah, Romario played. Uh, uh, Greg Ush didn't play any games. Uh, Metnair played. Uh, played against uh, Senegal and Sadio Mane. So I'm curious. This is, that'd be a really fun interview to be like, find out like how the fuck, you know, it was, was against lining up against Sadio Mane. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> The international game makes fun instances like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the final thing is uh, I – someone in the front office mentioned I'm going to me. give you 30 seconds on okay. this because this is going to devolve into the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. So basically what happens is you know everybody complained uh, on Twitter but also to the front office about the helmet and diaper bag policy. Helmet policy and diaper bag policy are basically you could bring your helmet in if you biked and the team was encouraged. And they have 400 bike spots at the, at the stadium, but they weren't – going to let people bring their bike helmets in, which is kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and then diaper bags were uh, on their explicit list of things that were not allowed into the stadium, um, which also, again, they have changing they have changing tables in every fucking restroom, uh, men's and women's, in the stadium. Seems really strange and weird. Um, I got assurances from someone very high up in the front FO that both the helmet and diaper bag policy were not, as they were sort of announced. Um, they, you, were able, you will be able to bring your helmet in to the stadium. You will be able to bring your diaper bag in. Um, I've heard conflicting reports about it being it needs to be the same twelve by twelve by six or whatever bag or I've like be able to it, fit I've, into that. I've heard it needs to be the same size. But I've also it doesn't have to be translucent. Yeah, it doesn't it definitely it definitely doesn't have to be translucent. I've heard I've also heard different things about whether it needs to actually fit in there or like I'm gonna be I don't have a bag that fits that, but I'm gonna just be like, Well here, you can crunch my bag into a twelve by twelve by six thing. Um, but it will be looked at, and medical bags, too. This also includes medical bags as well. It will be searched, which is fine. Like, I'm, that's totally cool. But it is a, it's a thing that was a very big deal um, on the social medias, and people not only bitched about it on social media, which I think is not necessarily always the greatest thing to do, but they also reached out to team representatives, to their ticket rep, to Good. people they knew in the team. And that's the reason that people need, people need to understand. That's the reason it, it got done. Yeah. It wasn't because people bitched about it on on the Twitter machine. Call your legislator. Yeah. Call your call people ticket legislator. Call people that you have capital with and yeah. and you know 
encourage them to think about rethink their decisions. So I'm done ranting about that. I'm That's sure good. there'll be something else to rant about next week. So it's a good over over. Yeah. All right, um, now is the point of the podcast where we uh, talk tactical schmactical. We talk about New England Revolution, the upcoming match, and uh, who's good, who sucks, and how we're going to play them. So, um, David Martin, who is good well, on so, the New England Revolution? Right. Other than you know their their coach about fifteen years ago. The coach fifteen. So on, on Bruce McGuire's uh, famous, how many points are we going to get out of the first five games? I had gone way higher than most people, and I had said ten. And that seemed really, really optimistic before yeah. the season even started. Um, but I looked at it and I said, we're playing Vancouver Whitecaps, we're playing San Jose Earthquakes, and we're playing <laughs> this goddamn team, the New England Revolution. That's got to be nine points. It has to be. Yeah. And I, I believe we can suck a point out of one of the other two teams. So um, let's look at it then. Who's good? Ostensibly, Wilfred Z is a Hebo. Should be good. This guy was a 2018 MLS star uh, as a defensive midfielder, so should be good. Should be right? good, yeah. Um, uh, Kristen Penila. Pinilla, Pinilla be yeah. pronounced. I said Pinilla. Pinilla. Got, got, got pain right. on the mind. All right, white guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Christian Pinilla. Uh, Christian Pinilla, uh, in theory, should be good. He had 12 goals last year. He was year. really good last year. 12 goals, 7 assists in 2018. He's looking really good. Played 33 out of the 34 games. So um, he made them look respectable last year in a year they might otherwise have not looked very respectable at all. Um, Edgar Castillo, Castillo is still a very good fullback in MLS on the left side there. He's got a U.S. men's national team and a Mexican men's national team uh, pedigree. He's got several Liga MX titles under his belt, so uh, he should be uh, a stalwart for them. Um, and I, I think this is the space where I'm supposed to talk about Diego Fagundes, who I mentioned on Twitter has been playing for the New England Revolution for nine years yep. and is 24 years old. Yep. I don't even know what that means. Um, he He's been playing nine, he had, since he was 15 years old for the New England Revolution. I what was it means. able to do the math. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> My big fancy job has enabled me to do that. He's got uh, nine goals and ten assists um, out of the midfield last year. Yep. So those are like Miguel Ibarra-type numbers, maybe yep. a little better. Um, but he doesn't do a Miguel Ibarra thing. He's more of a winger, more of a true winger. Uh, hasn't seen any of that shit this year, uh, no. and I'm starting to tickle into the uh, who sucks yeah. part there. But I you, mean, what do you, have, have I missed good you names? You basically nailed every other every other one. I, the only other ones. one I would add would be their uh, their new DP signing, Carlos Gill. Um, you know, has looked like the one bright spot, uh, especially in that FC, fair, yeah. FC Cincinnati game. He was like the one bright spot. Um, you know, Pania, uh, Fagundes um, were basically the you know the, the the people that powered them through, which was you know, and this is. Jumping into Alex United, playing him like they played a uh, really good, a uh, pressing um, uh, attack last year, and they started off the season last year really well, mm-hmm. and they faded. Um, I think they just got yeah. overworked. Um, but yeah, I mean, you basically that's that's. I, I wrote just I wrote all these people then like with maybe question mark maybe <laughs> right, que- right. maybe though he's been crap so far this year right. maybe question mark so let's talk about who sucks. Um, that's the easier conversation. Yeah, to have, there's I think. a lot. And you talk about Carlos Gill, and I think that's great, but a beautiful rose. Like surrounded by like dogs vomiting, it's is, gonna die. It's not. It's gonna, it's die. gonna and it's just, it's, and die. It's not as beautiful as it might <laughs> otherwise not. be. You know. Yeah. And basically, New England Revolution are a bunch of dogs vomiting. So let's start with some facts here. First of all, New England lost two to nothing at home. They haven't scored a home goal. Did I, ju- did I jump on your? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't make that sad face yeah. because you blew my shit. I 
it's mated because it's a very sad <laughs> thing. Um, so they lost two to nothing at home to an expansion side that more people were asking before the season started if they were going to look like us. Than yeah, if they were going to look like Atlanta United. Yeah. So um, that's not a good start. Christian Pena uh, now has no goals and no assists. I talk about his wonderful 12 goals and seven assists last year. Right now he has none of either, yep. um, and he's been doing that over 230-some-odd minutes. Um, not good. Uh, now, it's harder to say definitively or prove or statistically whether a more defensive-minded player is doing this or doing that. I can't throw out a number that says a defensive midfielder is good or bad, but I'm going <laughs> to fucking try to force this peg into that hole anyways. Uh, Wilfred Zahibo has contributed to the go- two goals they allowed uh, yeah. against Cincinnati. Oh, um, did, he, did he ever? <laughs> and, and, and part of his problem is that he's not, um, he's not bothering the guy, even if he's not making a, an interception or a, a huge tackle here, he's not putting shoulder-to-shoulder contact yeah. on the guy, making that run uncomfortable. He's letting guys just run right it, by him. It's, it's, very, it's very Calvo-esque. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, that that first of all, that's more of a qualitative than a quantitative thing, so that's yeah. not good. Let's get quantitative, though. Uh, against Cincinnati, he committed no tackles, won or lost. That's not a good stat. Uh, he won one interception and made only one clearance in a game where they were letting it, letting him back. Um, he was a little better than 50% on his distribution. That's not good. And most of his passes, whether they connected or not, were just long balls, just out wide, long balls. Let's just get it the fuck out of here. Yeah. He should have called them clearances half the time because I, I don't think they were going to a, a yeah. particular intended target. Yeah. Um, so it, he's, he's not been doing what he needs to do, either in defensively or in distribution, uh, uh, that you expect out of a six. So I'm going to say Zahibo can uh, blow me. Zahib- that was not good. That wasn't Zahib- very good. Yeah. I'll try um, one later again. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, it just, you know, you looked at the uh, the comments from Antonio De La Mea after the game, uh, the actual, like, watching the game or the highlights of that game and, and how, watching Zahibo not uh, – barely run around out there and you just you just noticed uh um how not how just this team just doesn't fucking care or seem to there care was, there was an effort question and actually um yeah. their coach brad friedel um called that out this week said yeah that, and it wasn't a matter of hey we pray we played a press last year and now we're playing a little bit less of a press i'd like to do a little bit more possession how fun would that be um it was like yeah, that's happening, but also there was a clear lack of effort for half the game on yeah. half of these dudes, and that's yeah. unacceptable. I, I'm going to throw in one more. Um, Brad Knighton, the goalkeeper for uh, – Brad Knighton? Yeah, he the New of Revolution. playing about six or seven games a year for mostly New England for 12 years. Yeah, who's now – yeah, he's not good. No, he's yeah, not. His good. distribution has been terrible. Um, I mean, his distribution – uh, literally led to the first uh, FC, Cincinnati, uh, sorry, FC Cincinnati goal um, when he not clearly, good when you're a goalkeeper. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about. And he, right? yeah, he, he he booted a ball long when basically, if you watch that, the team was clearly set up to like a short uh, a short pass to build out of the back, and he booted it long um, straight into a like a six three or six four uh, foot tall center back yeah. who headed it down, and then uh, Cincinnati was back on the attack, right back at and, him, they, right? they, and they they uh, by within five, five seconds, he had scored a goal. So, um, so I, yeah, I think you know, much like uh, your David Bingham's, this guy's prone to mistakes, and I think this yeah. is the way Minnesota can capitalize yep, on, totally uh, yeah, on the, the lack of effort in the defense and uh, a middling at best keeper. So, 
Well, I've gotten to start the last two of these sections, and I feel like I've eaten up a lot of your words here. <laughs> Can That's I throw fine. it to you and ask, just, how do you think we should play It's them? good that we you know, we are feeling the same way about these things. So, We're you much know. more of one mind so far this yeah. year than maybe we have been historical in the past. Yeah. But it's easier to do that when your team isn't complete <laughs> Complete ass. hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, and I said, uh, Frio came in last year. He wanted to seem depressed. Um, clearly, you know, it started... It worked out well at the beginning, um, but they, you know, they tired out and easily missed the playoffs. This first few games, um, they've looked to play, I, I would say, more pragmatically, um, in which they are pressing when they can, uh, but you know, also trying to play out of the back and, and do more of a possession game. Clearly, that hasn't worked for for them. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, it seems like it's a team that doesn't have a fucking identity, basically, right? It's a, it's Minnesota. Like, do <laughs> right. we play? You know, are we playing this? You know, four two three one. Are we playing a four four two? You know, what what the hell are we even doing? Um, one thing they've done a lot this year actually is uh, they've been super reliant on uh, on crosses into the box, uh, and they've yeah. been terrible at them. Which that again is, reminds me of Minnesota. It's a tactic of a team that doesn't have any other plan. They have no it's idea like, what, what the hell to do. We don't know how to get the ball in there. Yeah, let's just get it out wide where we've got a little bit of space. Yeah, and then we don't know what to do. So let's which just should work out perfectly for Minnesota. Minnesota has two tall center backs that are actually good, relatively good in the air. You're, that's that's true, but I also think of how poor we are on on set pieces. True, yes. And I'm like, what is that but a set piece where you don't have time to get organized? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but we've seen that. We but we've seen Minnesota do well with those things this year so far. I mean, better, yeah, yeah. you know, better um, compared to last, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, on the offensive side, I, you know, with I think the way, the movement that Minnesota has um, should create a lot of space uh, behind in the. Uh, the New England midfield, and in, you know, especially with their center backs, um, and you know, with their defensive midfielder who kind of will lackadaisically jog after. Yeah, not actually, you know, chase anybody. Now the question is: is I mean, Adrian Heath alluded to this uh, last week um, that he was uh, frustrated with a couple players um, after their LA Galaxy performance, and would he drop those players? And you know, we kind of speculating that that's you know that's Schuler more than like like ninety nine percent Schuler, and then. You know, people speculate that is, is he talking about Ibarra? Um, is he talking about you know, he should be talking about Boxall and you know, maybe giving Coleman an, an opportunity there. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that's the, the right idea with uh, you know with you know, New England's penchant for you know crossing into the box. But you know, is it is it Julian Ibarra and who comes in? Um, I mean, basically, I think Minnesota doesn't change up much in terms of the way they are they've been playing, which again is a really great thing since every. Almost every game last year, we were talking about, like, oh, how does Minnesota change their tactics to play this team that they're playing now because they're clearly the worst team. I think in this matchup, Minnesota is clearly the better team, and it's a matter of will New England, you know, change up their tactics to match with Minnesota, much like L.A. did when they changed up how it's, you know, they obviously they did that partially because of injuries, um, you know, but they changed up a little bit the way they played it and gave Minnesota fits, obviously, in that first half. Right. Um, will New England change, that, change stuff up based on what they've been doing this year? I mean, you, you would – you would think they would assume they they would because nothing's been working so far. But right. who the fuck knows? With with this team, obviously we don't. Um, so I, I th- let me let me yes and you because I think you said a lot of good things. Um, I'm looking at their fullbacks right now, and um, the right the right side fullback Brandon By, who is a uh, ex uh, Minneapolis City yep. player. Actually. Yes, he is. Um, he is going to push. He's going to push up high. He's going to push yeah. up much higher actually than Edgar Castillo, so he's play his back more. left-sided yeah. uh, counterpart. Um, so I think that. And now, if you're thinking spatially right now, their right-sided fullback 
is going to be facing our left side, and that means, for instance, Calvo as well. So um, I see that as a battle that we need to keep an eye on. Sure. Um, Calvo is going to be a guy who, and again, probably less than Metanir in truth, but um, Calvo would be a guy who would push high if he gets to the, the start again as well. Um, Calvo got time with Costa Rica, right? Yes. He, he didn't find himself on the bench. So um, they might they might look at that and say we need a we need a switch for um, rest related reasons. We only, I think like he I think um, he only played uh, the second game, so possibly. Right. But we'll, we'll I, see. You know, he, he definitely assume, he did not play he the first game, so he probably is not super super burnt out. Right. So, so let's uh, and you should be able to play every few days yeah. as a professional <laughs> athlete. Yeah. So um, let's assume it'll be Calvo. Um, it, he doesn't push as high probably as Metanier, not not as high. I should say as often. Yeah. Uh, as Metanier, but um, what's going to happen is if he does get caught on high and out of position, we end up giving the ball away, and they run away in transition. Calvo is going to find himself chasing. Um, and that, and it's interesting, that actually is a kind of reason that it would bode well for a player like Schuler to play his I'm a winger but not quite a winger role. And a, tr- a true winger would be the guy streaking up there and trying to draw Brandon by back, right? And, and yeah. But if we are giving the ball away and um, we find our true winger and uh, our fullback who is running high chasing the ball, now we've got a huge space. Everything needs to shift over to the left side of our field. Um, hence, actually having a guy who can do a little bit more like number eight, a little bit more like bother the midfield, make it congested, like Schuler is much better at doing than he is at being a winger, yeah. could be really useful. Now, I think if if Heath was talking about sitting Schuler, and Schuler has been away on international duty, whether Schuler got a lot of time or not, Schuler is probably an easy sit. Um, if you think that someone like Ethan Finley can start, yeah, even if he only goes sixty minutes, yeah, can you do that? Um, so I, I think we might see a different uh, a different player there, but whoever it is probably needs to be a little bit better at breaking up the play on the counter. That's where New England is going to want to try to get us is on that counter on that side. I see much less of a problem on the flip side of the field. Edgar Castillo, he's going to play comparatively not quite as high, uh, and Metanier is going to play high. So yeah. I just see the line of confrontation on the other side of the field yep. being very advanced. So sorry, that's that's lame to listen to. It's, it's, it's much more fun <laughs> no. to look at a picture of it than it is to. Yeah, sure, to sure. But so I, th- I think the fullback the fullback battles are going to be key. Um, I think that Schuler or a player like Schuler actually should get the start on the left wing and not play the traditional winger, but more like what Schuler's been asked to do, give him the mobility, give him the freedom to roam. And I think generally we should do what we were really successful at in our first two games, which is where we use our fullbacks to allow our more advanced players to play positionless. It's not um, a matter of even just of Miguel Ibarra playing more centrally, which, of course, I think he should do. Yeah. It's about him dropping back. It's about finding him pop up on the other side of the field. It's yeah. about all this kind of stuff. And and I think when you can uh, have that positional fluidity, you can create overload situations, uh, and you can dictate where those lines of confrontation are going to be held. Now, the, naturally, the flip side of that is if you get caught on a, on a counter, you're going to be out of position. That's no fun, but I also think that we've got the pieces behind us in our midfield to make that a harder counter for them. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Last note, I think we should start Boxall instead of Coleman for the exact reason you said. Yep. Better to have a tall dude against a team that's going to just hit prayer balls out wide and then prayer balls in and yeah. across. And I, and I, would, I mean, I would say I would actually – I like exactly that. 
um, I would move Abara over to the left in that in that Shula role that the, the role that Shula has been playing. I'll, t- I'll buy that. Yeah. And then and then Finley uh, moving into the right where he's playing more of a traditional winger role. Um, I think it's Finley's probably a natural not, fit for he's him. He's probably you know he's, he's come back from the ACL. He's not as he's not probably not going to be able to do be as mobile um, right. to run as much um, and. You know, we fucking know Miguel Abara loves to track back and loves to yeah. run around and likes to create, create you know, overloads and, and just move around the pitch um, in that sort of inverted winger role that yeah. Shula's been playing. I think that's much more suited to Miguel Abara's um, actual playing style than it is to Rasmus Shula's playing point. style. So. Or Ethan Finley. So, oh, yeah, yeah, or Ethan to- Finley. Total, so. Totally down with that. Yeah. Stick I mean, Miguel I on the left. I could possibly see Molino in that role, um, just giving him – assuming that he – Tracks back, which is not something that he has. I don't been, know what his fitness looks like. Yeah, going. but okay, if, if, if his no, fitness I'm, is a question, can he track? Back I'm saying, I'm saying this in the in the future. Oh, um, okay. You know, me, me, yeah, Molino's not going to be playing this game. He probably right. earliest he'll play is probably the home opener. Um, but in in a in a role like that, if, if he's if he's committed to tracking back, I, he could play more in that sort of that inverted winger role. I'm not sure that he will play him there. I really honestly think if that is how uh, Adrian Heath wants to play with this team, um, Miguel Labar is the best person on the roster. To play in that position, in terms of his work rate, um, his tenacity, you know, that we've seen him, we've seen him come back and play defense. We've seen him yeah. get forward and get all over the place to create overload situations. So, yep. um, you know, I can see that. Well, one thing that I, I don't think would be the right move before we move on to predictions here, I don't think it would be the right move to uh, start Angelo Rodriguez, move um, move uh, Romario Ibarra to his more natural left winger spot. And then keep Miguel on the right. I, just, I don't see, uh, I, to say nothing of Angelo's skills as a striker, uh, I don't see Romario being the guy who needs to do what we've been describing needs to happen on the left. Their attack is going to come down their right side, our left side, and I think we need to be more bothersome, and I don't see Romario doing any of that. Romario could get be great at getting in behind them yeah. if they want to get happy on that side and go forward. Yeah. But... Um, I think we have enough positional fluidity among our central guys. They can roam out wide and find that spot where he would have otherwise been. We need a guy who can put shoulders on shoulders and make a, a hassle out of it. Romario Ibarra is not that guy. Yeah, I and as you say that, I I, I immediately jump to the fact that oh, that actually because Romario did not have a super great game against LA. He might be the one that is that Adrian Ethan is thinking about dropping. It's Romario and Schuler. Well, he obviously wants Rodriguez to be the guy. Yeah. So if it's if it's Romario and Schuler and you know he moves the bar over to the left, brings up Finlay and then puts Rodriguez up top, I could easily I could easily see that being the and then the, you know the rest, the midfielders and the uh, and the back line all being the same. I could easily see that being uh, what Adrian Heath does uh, on Saturday. So, um, so yeah. So the guess the next question is who's gonna win. I've got a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I know I, I felt really confident. I sounded really confident there. I talked about how we're going to get 10 points and stuff like yeah. that. I think that we're going to get... Still get 10 t- points if we get a draw here. Yeah, yes, we can. If we, if we win against <laughs> the Bulls. Got to go to which, Bread Bulls. Uh, after their loss against Orlando City looks increasingly yeah. likely. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I just see an albatross hanging around the neck of this game. Um, and I think that Minnesota United is coming back down to earth where they should be. Yeah. Do you think the... Uh, the closed door team meeting is gonna kick you know New England into the, in the ass and let him get him going and I mean, I, I mean I don't I don't put too much stock in that I actually I think those things tend to be less effective than people make them out to be yeah um, especially so since it was like New England doesn't have the door. talent on the field so it's one yeah. thing if say Liverpool had a run of three games where they were shit 
and and they said, which guys, we, we got to pull it together, yeah. we, which we did. And um, but, but we know we have the talent to be better. Okay. But with New England, they're not a pep talk away from being better soccer players. They're not good soccer yeah. players. So, um, no, I don't think that'll be the cause. I think we will be our own undoing. We'll just be, yeah, we'll be the, yeah. the reason. Yeah. Uh, so you have the, you have miss, you have uh, one, New England one, getting one getting their their first uh, home goal. Also, yeah, probably a box <laughs> all fuck up. That's <laughs> Um, well, I'm a little more optimistic. I have Minnesota winning three to one, uh, also allowing their first home goal uh, this year. But I think I think we have too much talent, um, especially in the attack uh, against this team. Clearly, if you watched any of that Cincinnati game, they have no, they have literally no desire to to play soccer right now. So I could uh, easily see us going in, and I could see us being like a, a, a sort of dodgy. Most of the first half, we get a late first half goal. And then the floodgates open in terms of uh, New England just basically quits on Friedel, and you know, we'll see. So, all right. God, I hope that happens. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so come, yeah, come join us. Uh, I'm not sure if you're gonna be at the watch party. I'll be at Blackheart on Saturday. Uh, Sans, my kid, uh, Anna, kid, and my wife and kid are going to Madison to visit uh, his his grandparents, or That's more awesome. more 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 in Pop Pop as as they are known, <laughs> and uh, and taking Anna, and I have. Uh, I have, I'm going to the Twins game tomorrow, and I have tickets to a, a show on Friday, and then so I'm I'm bacheloring up for for the weekend. So basically, I'm gonna probably be sitting on my couch and drinking whiskey and smoking weed and watching Moana. Um, so what a film. <laughs> anyways, uh, so we can talk about last week's games very briefly on our picture didn't happen section. Um, FC Dallas uh, beat Colorado two to one. We both had that one. Um, LAFC beat RSL two to one. We both had that one. And then there was three games that were. What in the actual fuck just happened? It was Bread Bulls losing to Orlando City, one uh, nothing. It was Philadelphia beating Columbus three to nothing at home, but Philadelphia and Columbus, uh, and then New- FCC, FC Cincinnati going into New England and beating the Brad Fiedel the Red no. Revolution two to nothing, and two nothing, not like, definitively, and and you know like they just beat the shit out of New England. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, all right, so let's talk about uh, this upcoming week. P- week five uh, picks here. Uh, first game is Toronto FC versus NYCFC. I have a two-one uh, Toronto w- FC win. One-to-one. These are neither uh, good teams. Sure. Uh, Bread Bowls and uh, Chicago in Chicago. I have a two-two draw. I have a two-two draw also. I feel like Red Bulls should be do, be- do better, but yeah. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota United, New England. I as we mentioned, I have a three-one. Win, you have a 1-1 one, one draw. One draw yeah. uh, Sporting Kansas City versus Montreal Impact. I have a 4-1 sporking, sporking win. Just a 2-1. These okay. guys are exhausted. Yeah, that's fair. Although they haven't, really, they haven't played a CCL game in Look, a Look, I don't so. know how games work, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, San Jose hosts LAFC. I have a 3-0 LAFC win. 2-0 LAFC Okay. Uh, FC Cincinnati versus uh, Philadelphia. I have an entertaining 2-2 draw. It sounds fun. I've actually got the FCC censoring Philadelphia 2-1. to one. All right. Uh, Columbus hosts Atlanta United. I have a 0-0 draw. Columbus is better on offense than that, but their defense is got exactly right. Yeah. Columbus 2, Atlanta United 0. Oh. So sorry, folks. All right. No, don't apologize for Just piling on Atlanta United. with that railroad <laughs> spike in all the wrong places. You know? uh, RSL, as I mentioned, uh, in Rio Tinto hosting FC Dallas. I have a 2-1 RSL win. This is the same RSL team that lost by like five goals a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go Dallas one, RSL zero. Ooh. All right. Uh, Colorado hosts Houston Dynamo. I have a two nothing win for Colorado. 
Two good offenses, two man defenses. Yeah. Two to two draw. Okay. Uh, Seattle goes to Vancouver. Uh, I have a 3-1 Seattle win exactly in Vancouver. All right. Uh, Orlando City hosts D.C. United. Um, I have Orlando City winning one to nothing. Why I, not? I felt weirdly confused about this one. Why I, not? After, after what happened last weekend? Why the no. fuck not? I, I still have D.C. United winning 3-1. to one. Yeah. Um, probably, that's probably what's going to happen. But, but uh, no, I, I like the call. I mean, yeah. the, the Orlando City. We, we talked about it. We weird, talked man. about it a bunch. Orlando City has never been as good as the sum of its parts. Yeah. But the sum of its parts are still there. Yeah. And if it becomes as good and as the sum of its parts, out, it's a good become, team. Yeah, become good. Uh, and then the last game of the weekend is LA Galaxy hosts uh, Portland. Um, Portland uh, on that uh, terrible, terrible away run to start the season. I have LA Galaxy winning 2-1. to one. Other than hoping that a sinkhole just swallows both these teams into the earth, uh, my prediction is LA will win 2-0. to zero. Perfect. Okay. All right, so moving on to the uh, sort of last section of we the, got some uh, fucking the answers. We got some section. fucking answers. Yeah. Um, we have to pull up the Twitter machine to make sure we don't get any other questions. Uh, first question from Nick Schaub. Uh, really? Never sworn in front of your kids? Never? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to cast I my swore in front of my back, kid but tonight. <laughs> well, okay, well, okay, so let me... Let me let me walk this back a little bit. So you saying swearing for you? Well, okay, your child is an infant. So I bet if I went back, I would have heard myself swear when they were infants, and it was all the same to them. It sure. was all just noise to them. Yeah. But as soon as my kids became conscious of language, I'm pretty sure I've not sworn. Okay, that's fair. So I guess, I guess I'm a liar, is what I'm saying. No, it's no, a soft lie. Soft liar. Yeah, that's fair. Soft <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess I haven't really discussed it with my wife. I have, I talk how I talk. I have no intention of really changing that. Yeah, but that's all about you, though. Yeah, you're making the decision based on you and not the kid. The kid that's is going to go to school and not know one thing from the other. That's true. And whether you give a shit or not, the other kids and the other parents are, <laughs> are going to give a and shit. And you're just going to have to spend a lot of work with them saying. Guess how I talk like this all the time, and I've always said it doesn't matter, and it's arbitrary language, which is totally right academically. Yeah. I now need to walk back you swearing because you're fucking up the other kids <laughs> and it's not appropriate for school. And uh, it's really hard to reteach that that's shit. That's fair. Um, yeah, what if I just like give them a link to this podcast and be like, sorry, it sucks. I'll do one more. <laughs> um, all right. There you Lessons go. learned there. Um, Alicia asks, uh, why did we choose Pepsi over Coke? Uh, I was going to say the, the yeah, Allianz I was, I was Stadium the, sponsoring the right? greedy money, the money sign. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that they just cut the better deal. I, if you if you think the the shot callers in MNUFC were like, God, I love Pepsi and I hate the taste of Coca Cola. Like that's not what happened. Yeah, they're just like better contract. That's I, it. Alicia, I'm sorry, I prefer Pepsi. So I know. Well, I don't essentially a monster I don't drink here, soda anymore. I drink. Uh, you drink it's, water. It's called water. Yeah, I see, your, I see your water is very. My complexion uh, looks <laughs> good. Very still. Dude, I drank so much water, I can't even drink anymore. I'm at, I'm at the brim here. I'm going to piss all over the front area of my pants. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the reason. And it would surprise me if... I guess I don't really... I don't drink soda at stadiums. I, I either drink beer or the, the aforementioned water. Um, so I don't know if, like, Pepsi is, like, the... is Pepsi is, like, the... One of the main ML sponsors. That's a very particular reason why it might be. So, anyways... Um, you mentioned this, David Baker. Is there a video game with better replayability than Skyrim? Fired it up again last night, and it's still so good. Have you played Skyrim? I know you're not. I, I'm game. not. A, last video game I played was probably Tetris. Well, no, it's probably I. I 
we got those little Nintendo systems, and so like I played uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out or something, or the Punch Out game on on that. So that is old school. I think so the, the last like video game system I played was like the X or the the like PlayStation Two. I think I had it in college, and I played like Madden. I think it was the last like in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like it was the actual Vice like City was yeah a good game yeah it was God a very damn. good game I liked that one we used to get just drink Soco. Uh, just get really fucked up in college and play that <laughs> and go to the bar afterwards. Well, so I would encourage you to give mm. Skyrim a try. No, the, the, pr- mm. the problem is that um, it, it is like a fantasy-based game, and I know that that's not like your fucking thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's a great game. It's extremely um, open world. Uh, you can do just about anything there, and you're constantly stumbling across stuff. So I, my, my answer to, to his specific question is it depends on what you like in terms of replayability. Thank if you. you are somebody who prefer, well, obviously if you prefer Tetris, then Tetris is infinitely replayable. Um, if you're somebody who uh, is way more into strategy stuff, I've seen people who put uh, a thousand hours into Civ Six saves, you know, and stuff like that. So I totally get that. For me, I'm like a fantasy dude. I love shit like that. Uh, it doesn't get any better than Skyrim. It's just immersive storytelling. The shit you find everywhere. Every time I play it, I find a new way to play, new shit to find, new goals I want to go after. And with the addition of mods in the game, you can make, like, like there was one mod, and I could name a thousand here, but there's one mod where they added um, bathroom, like having to go to the bathroom into the game. Some intrepid user decided they would add, like, a bladder function. And so if you don't take care of going to take a piss or a shit, like, every so often, you'll, you'll lose stats because you're impacted by that. And eventually, you'll just have to pee. So, like... But they had like fully like animated pissing. So like there's there's a whole there's basically a porn subgenre of Skyrim characters like standing atop a beautiful snow crested mountain like pissing off a cliff. <laughs> it is weird stuff. But my point is that that's only one weird example. There are a thousand other very normal, very fun mods too. The addition of mods continues to add replayability it's wonderful i know you said you didn't have any of the uh, expansions go get the expansions more crafting more alchemy more bullshit is that i really like the original legends of the zelda game i had the gold cartridge oh yeah yeah that was like really cool that's i had not, that that's not it doesn't have the replayability because once you've figured it out you've kind of figured that's it why out. i love replaying but it because i can beat it every time yeah there you go <laughs> it, it, that was a wonderfully influential game all right uh and then our final question unless anything came in late um Wes Berdine uh, asks, rank these cartoons, Dora the Explorer, Paw Patrol, Daniel Tiger, Wild Kratts, My Little Pony. I'm going to cede the floor to you because I don't, I don't, I know I've seen My Little Pony, but the like old like 80s version of My Little Pony. Um, I know Daniel Tiger is based on uh, M- Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers yeah. uh, and then Dora the Explorer I've, I've heard of, and I know there's like a live action movie of that coming out, but I have know nothing about these actual current iterations yeah. of the cartoons. And follow-up question from me is um, clearly these none of these are cooler than uh, the original Transformers, right? So I'm going to answer your question first. Um, I've never liked any iteration of Transformers. Mm. I think it's the fucking lamest thing ever. I think it's terrible. Get out. So Get out. Uh, <laughs> without, without having been said, so I'm, I'm sure our listeners have already forgot the list of five here. So yeah. Um, I'm going to walk through them real quickly. Dora the Explorer um, is very, very age-specific. It is really only appropriate for, I'll say, four is probably a little on the old side to be enjoying it, and then under. Um, so take make of that what you will. Um, Paw Patrol, probably v- a little bit older aimed than that. Um, 
That's the one with like dogs that run shit, right? Yeah, they, then, yeah, there's one that's in charge of fire, and one that's police, and one that is in charge of air-related shit, garbage, sanitation. <laughs> like, like it's a fucking municipal <laughs> dog system. That just um, sounds kind of fun. That sounds like you know, getting stoned and watching Paw Patrol sounds like a really oh, fun getting idea. high would be fantastic. <laughs> um, much more fantastic than getting high and watching Dora. Um, so here, so I'm not going to go through this. Is Daniel Tiger comes first it, because, and this is why I think it's most important. It does what Mr. Rogers did, which is it talks about emotions. It doesn't just say X happened, ooh drama, we solved the problem, we solved the crime. Yeah, it talks about your feelings and it makes that the, okay. the crux of the uh, of what's happening sure. uh, and how to deal with stuff socially and otherwise. So I I think that's got to be on top. Don't get me started on the uh, economies and politics of who's wearing pants or not. <laughs> I saw or the, whether the, they're the, making their curtains. Out of maimed tigers. If you want to, if you want a world. good, if you if you are interested in this, you want a good uh, a good little Twitter thread. If you just <laughs> check out the t- the t- uh, TDIKMN uh, Twitter feed, uh, there were some very. Itch- I, I was getting all these fucking uh, notifications on my phone. I'm like, what is I? What is even going on? I had no idea. And yeah, it's you had, such uh, a bizarre. Yeah, kind of blew it up with <laughs> the Paw Patrol. Or not yeah. sorry, not Paw Patrol. Daniel uh, Tiger. Daniel Tiger. So yeah. let's let's not even get into that. Yeah. But Daniel Tiger comes first. I'm gonna go ahead and put Dora second because Dora is least ostensibly oriented toward learning. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put um, uh, Paw Patrol third. Then kids love Paw Patrol and it's entertaining and it's colorful, but it has very little to do with educating them. It's it's just, it's I'm not going to quite call it garbage, it's, but it's pretty vacuous. Okay. I've never seen Wild Kratz, so I'm going to put it last. It probably sucks. And then My Little Pony also is like, honestly, it's what... It, I think My Little Pony is what a pedophile thinks kids think like. <laughs> like I and so, I, like that's what dreamed it up. And uh, there's no education happening there. There's no emotional learning there. It's it's weird bullshit. So yeah, okay. To, uh, to to recap quickly, Daniel Tiger, Dora the Explorer, Paw Patrol, My Little Pony, and then Wild Kratz by default is last because I don't know what the fuck yeah. that is. So, and my kids don't really watch that much TV. So. Yeah, that's that's cool. I just. Yeah, I don't know. I'm you're, you're gonna get all I'm, this shit. I'm sure. I, I'm sure oh, I am. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's like things like He-Man stuff are back on like Netflix. All that. I may just like let my kid watch He-Man and shit, and you know, GI Joe and you know. Can I ask you what was? You already mentioned Transformers is a yeah. great show from your childhood. Yes. What was like the worst show from your childhood, or maybe you didn't think it was bad at the time because you weren't like very discerning taste. But uh, you look back now yeah. and you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Um. In terms of cartoons, I'll give, you, I'll give you two while you kind of. Okay, yeah. Let me think about it for so a second. So first of all, Pee Wee's Playhouse. As uh, here's, mm. here, I actually hold on. I have the inverse That's opinion fucking of this. Actually, me. as as an adult, I think it's cool as hell. But looking back, I'm like, how on earth was I watching this? No wonder I'm so fucked up. Look at me. Have you ever wondered having a conversation with me how I became the way that I became? Well, that's um. how. And, and I didn't just grow up on the TV show. I also grew up on the fucking Tim Burton yeah, the movie, mo- the movies. Yeah, which looking back now, I was like, "What the fuck? That's that's more horrifying than see, anything a, he see, ever that, made." See, I think that's amazing. Like, I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse, and that I think shaped, helped shape I, my, I, I loved helped it shape as a, me. I loved it as a kid. Yeah, I love it as an adult. Yeah, but I think, I think there's no great. way on earth that I ever should have watched that as a kid. Well, probably not. But that's and that's more my point. Yeah. A, a better answer now would be I, I, I keep thinking of a couple more Ninja Turtles. The 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 animated Ninja Turtles TV show that was, only existed to move merchandise. Oh, so there did He Man. No other reason. Yeah, literally. Yes, yeah, that was. I mean, I, I and to be fair, I, I loved He Man. Like. There's like my mom. There's pictures of me like in my He-Man underwear with my sort of gray I skull. I have He-Man underwear also. With my sort of gray the skull. Yeah, with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, like you know, saying I have the power. Yeah. Holding yeah. up my you know, it just literally just nothing but tidy whities. Oh yeah. The sword hanging you know above my head. Yeah. Um, like He-Man. Those, that should only exist. And to you sell talk that about shit. Uh, uh, 
I know it's not a soccer movie, but we should watch the uh, live action. He- Have you ever seen the live action He Man movie no, with Dolph Lundgren? It sounds awful. It's so terrible, but it's so fucking good. It's Courtney Cox. It's her film debut. <laughs> it's all right, fucking That's amazing. Redeeming. It's Dolph Lundgren. The, uh, let me let me give you the, la- the yeah, last sure. show that is definitively. It's it wasn't good as a kid. It's not good as an adult. Was the half animated, half live action Super Mario Brothers? Yes, television that program. one was bad. That was thoroughly bad. As a kid, as an adult, it had no redeeming qualities. Yeah. It was just bad. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, so a couple I remember, um, so the original Milo Pony was fucking terrible, too. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the original Milo Pony, but it was really bad. No redeeming qualities whatsoever. Okay. Uh, the other one that um, that I remember re- just underst- not understanding why it existed was Gummy Bears, which was like Care Bears. But like worse oriented. Yes, but worse. Yeah. Um, so those are the two that stick out as me. Just be like, I was just like, I don't get understand why these things are on yeah. TV other than it was like My Little Pony well, we is like for them. girls and stuff. And that was like yeah. that thing. It was like the whole thing. And my sister had My Little Ponies, and yeah. you know. Anyways, that was uh, that was a fun jaunt back down. Uh, you know, childhood memories. God. Yeah, damn. I lived. Fortunately, I lived in front of a TV because <laughs> I did too. Because we're children of the eighties. Yeah, my parents That's were. Parents my parents worked. My us. parents worked like opposite shifts so that they didn't have to pay for daycare. It was just basically like, mom was sleeping, her dad was sleeping. So I was like, oh yeah, just I'll, I'll, yeah, TV will keep me company and it's it's so, me. it's so weird because I this podcast is gonna be nine hours long. Um, I ration screen time of any kind out to my kids like it's water in the desert. Like I they they I do not let them enjoy any of that shit. Um, eventually they're gonna push really hard on it because all the other kids are gonna be like, "Do you see this? Do you do that? I got a smartwatch and I'm six and I got a cell phone." Yeah. And then the kids are gonna be like, "I'm I'm a loser at school because of you guys," <laughs> and I'm gonna have to like deal with that. But like, I d- do not let them do that shit. And I am a thousand times busier than my parents ever were. Yeah. Like my parents did nothing but watch TV themselves. And they <laughs> they didn't have what you would call hobbies or interests or anything. You know, and I love my parents. Death. I don't mean that. Me too. My parents didn't have any friends or hobbies. Like yeah, yeah, it was, was like it was like their, their, their hobbies were their kids. And, and I'm like, why were you plopping me? You had nothing else to do. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I can barely fucking breathe with the amount of time I have, and I'm still like, no, we're not watching TV, goddammit. We're going to sit down and read a book together, Ugh, and we all hate it, yeah. and I'm just forcing them to do it anyways. On the bright side, clearly we turned out all right, so... Yeah, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe, <laughs> maybe my kids will grow up to be fucking psychopaths and be like, well, we should have let us watch TV, yeah. Dad. Maybe it would have been normal. Yeah, we wouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, Ted Bundy's over Fuck. here. Fuck. <laughs> Murder-raping people. <laughs> all right, uh, let's, on that That's note... be my kids. On yeah. that note... Um, uh, you can always find us uh, at uh, the Dave's I know I'm at gmail.com uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. You can find me at Texas Hour. You can find Martin at Offensive Loons. Uh, yeah, there's going to be actually a special pod next week because Martin's going to be out of town. So it'll be me and, and special guests. We're to be determined. I'm working on it right now. So, Martin, why don't you uh, take us home? Hey, we're the Dave's You Know. This has been the Dave's I Know. You do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do 
with me. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Check it out, though.